Hello, everyone, and welcome to Life Herself Podcast. I'm your host, Joy. I'm super excited that we, it feels like we're on a roll. We've talked about fear, we've talked about self-sabotage. So if you haven't seen the other episodes, you need to go and watch them. The first episode was actually how to find your purpose. We've had some really deep, meaningful conversations on this podcast, and I'm not about to stop. So today's video, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. I want to give you seven of my best tips for dealing with feeling like an imposter. And if you've never heard of imposter syndrome, more than likely you just haven't heard the term, but you've actually experienced it. And it's the kind of fear that can cripple you. Um, I would say for sure that if you haven't listened to the very last episode, so the one about fear, you should listen to that first before um, listening to this because it kind of fits into one. Now, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, hi, I'm waving at you right now, <laughs> as well as tilting my head and closing my eyes, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> but just to remind you, if you're on YouTube and you're watching this video, I want to remind you that this entire thing is a podcast. Life herself is a podcast. We are on all podcast platforms. That includes Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts from, we are there. And if you're obviously listening on a podcast, then I want to remind you that we have a YouTube channel. It's just Joy Agude on YouTube. So J-O-Y-O-G-U-D-E, October Golf Umbrella Delta Echo. <laughs> so you have the option, you could watch, you could listen, whatever works for you. So this is how this episode is going to go. First of all, I'm going to be telling you what imposter syndrome is, and then I'm going to give you some examples of what you might be feeling if imposter syndrome is what is actually happening to you. Because oftentimes people don't know that they're feeling like an imposter, but they know what they're feeling. So I'm going to give you some examples and break down uh, some of the, in some ways, like characteristics of imposter syndrome. And then I'm going to be talking about why that's a big problem in the big picture of things. Like, you know, why is that an issue? And then I'll share a little bit of my imposter story, not as deep as last one. <laughs> last episode was heavy. It was really heavy. But I'm going to share a little bit about my imposter story when I felt like an imposter, when I was absolutely crippled with this self-doubt and this fear and um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And then finally, at the end of the video, I will be giving you seven of my best tips for dealing with imposter syndrome. I'm super excited to dive deep into today's podcast slash video, especially because not a lot of people know the term imposter syndrome. They don't know about the term imposter syndrome, but a lot of people feel like they are an imposter in their jobs. So what is imposter syndrome really? So I've written a few things here, self-doubt, lack of confidence. I'm just going to throw all these words at you in these phrases, um, these sentences as well. A feeling like you haven't earned the success that you have. Now that's important because this is really where it comes from. It's like the kind of non-deserving, I don't deserve to be here. 
I got lucky. I shouldn't be here. I don't deserve to sit at this table. Or maybe even at work, especially at work, I don't feel qualified enough to do my job. It's a constant reminder that you don't belong, that you're tricking people into thinking that you deserve to be there, but actually that you're a fraud inside, you know, and nobody knows and very soon they'll find out. And this is where that feeling of fear and doubt comes in because, you know, you suddenly think that everyone's going to find out. So you're constantly, your brain is constantly working to try and ensure that people don't find out. This issue is actually more of an ego issue. So I don't know if you've heard the term ego. I mean, you've probably heard people say your ego is so big, but I mean like the, the conscious term of your ego. So we all have an ego. Our ego is the one that wants to feel perfect all the time. Our ego wants to feel like we don't make mistakes. Our ego is very sensitive to things like failure, criticism. And this is really where it comes from. Your ego wants to be perfect all the time. And the idea that other people might think that you are not perfect it cripples your ego. Your ego hates it. So constantly you have this chat in your head. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. All the self-doubt. You're not meant to be here. You don't deserve to be here. They only chose you for this job because they couldn't find a better candidate. Or they only chose you for this job because they wanted to take the box for females in the company, or they wanted to tick the box for people of color in the company. Your expertise does not grant you permission to be here, but you're just here by luck. You're here because the candidate they wanted didn't show up, you know, or turn down the job. And it's your ego constantly telling you that you were not good enough. This is really where it comes from. It's very crippling. It's a lot. It's it's a lot of constant chat and it sips into everything. So of course, there's the work part of things, but it sips into your relationships. It sips into finances. It sips into lifestyle. It sips into everything. And it's just this constant, constant berating of of your character and your capabilities, actually, because you don't think you're capable. Okay. And this is, this is really in a nutshell, what imposter syndrome is, that you are an imposter. You are someone who is there in this room that you're not meant to be in. And there's so many different types of imposters. Like I've seen, I've seen types floating around like the perfectionist, the soloist, the superman, superwoman, you know, superhuman. And I get it. I get how like everything's sort of been broken down. So for example, the perfectionist is someone whose ego just wants you to constantly be perfect. You cannot put that video out because it's not perfect. You cannot you know, submit that essay because it's not perfect. You cannot go for that interview because you're not perfectly prepared. The perfectionist in you just wants everything to be perfect. But in reality, all it's doing is it's holding you back. So you actually don't get stuff done or you do get stuff done, but it's not perfect enough for you. And then you almost kind of like prove to yourself why you don't deserve to be in that room even more because you've done it, but not to the best of, in quote, 
your ego's satisfaction or not to your ego's satisfaction. The other type of imposter syndrome, the superhuman, is constantly working, overworking really hard, you know, trying to make sure that you go above and beyond just so you can really prove yourself, you know, because because clearly you're not meant to be in this room. So let's do extra, 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 extra work so we can prove that we're meant to be in this room. Let's go above and beyond. And you get you get exhausted. <laughs> you get tired, you get burned out. That is not normal, right? And then there's another one, the soloist, which is basically you just want to do everything yourself. You don't want help. You find it difficult to delegate. It's all, it has to be done to a certain standard. And quite frankly, you push people away as well. You just don't want people around you because they'll find out who you are. You're this fraud. You're this person who's not meant to be there, right? There's so many different, I mean, they they say they're five core types, but in my opinion, it doesn't even matter what type you are or what type you think you are or what category you might fall under. What really matters is it all leads to the fact that you're being crippled with this self-doubt from the inside out and you don't feel like you are good enough to be where you are and therefore it stops you from doing things. So how do you know that imposter syndrome is exactly what you're feeling. Okay, so what are the characteristics of an imposter? If you're thinking, oh, I've never heard this term before, and this is like a very interesting concept, how do you know that that is what you're feeling? Everything I've said about the self-doubt, feeling like a fraud, um, the lack of confidence in your abilities, if you're feeling like everything needs to be perfect, are you someone that constantly tells yourself, Ooh, let me, you know, spend five extra hours, you know, revising or going through this paper before I go for this meeting tomorrow, because I don't want to slip up. Are you someone who tells yourself you cannot put this out there? You can't post this on social media because people are going to think you made a mistake you know, or people are going to pick out the one thing you didn't get right. Are you someone who is scared of failure? The idea of failing actually cripples you, you know, because to you, well, in quote, to your ego, actually, not to you, your ego thinks failure is such a bad thing. Now, failure is really just you learning from your mistakes. You could take each bit of failure as a lesson. The way I see failure is basically if that doesn't work out, if I try this one thing and it doesn't work out, then that's a lesson that I've learned. First of all, I wouldn't give up that easily. I would try it and try it and try it again and try it again. But if it doesn't feel right or it doesn't work out or it's obvious that that's not where I need to be leading, then I will take it as a lesson. It's a lesson. It's a, okay, that's not your path. Let's try something else. And when you try something else, remember whatever you learn from that situation and take that into the something else that you're trying again. I haven't always thought this way, you know, with the idea of failure being lessened. I used to think that once I failed, that was a big thing, you know, and everyone was laughing at me and everyone was, you know, thinking, oh, look at her, poor her. She tried this and it didn't work. <laughs> you know, she should have just stayed where she was. Um, but now I realize that actually those, in quote, times that I have failed, I'm learning from them. Those times are opportunities to learn and to grow. And even though it hurts my ego a little bit to have not succeeded, there are so many lessons to be learned from that one situation, whether it's relationships or finances or 
work or something new, a project that you're putting out or a project that you're starting, a business that you're starting. You know, there's so many lessons to be learned that you can take those lessons and just put it into somewhere else or something else. And then you realize, oh, that was just the lesson that was preparing me for this thing (laughs) that I'm in, you know? So if you're someone who feels like failure can be crippling, then you're probably feeling the feelings of being an imposter. Um, Another one is burnout. Are you feeling burnt out? Like, are you constantly feeling that you are running on empty? Are you overworking? Are you constantly trying to prove yourself? Are you constantly trying to defend yourself? Even before people have asked you anything, like you're in a conversation, or someone asks you a question maybe at work or whatever and you're constantly like oh yes giving the the short answer and then you're going into the the long detail of why you're right you know almost as if you're subconsciously trying to convince them that you are right and you are meant to be here when in their minds they already know that you're meant to be there they're in that room with you having that conversation but this is really just in your internal dialogue this entire feeling of self-doubt, of lack of confidence, of failure, or feeling like a, a fraud. It's really in your psyche. It's really in your head. It's not to say that you're making it up, but it is in your internal dialogue. It's on the inside. It's really not on the outside. And it's amazing how things on the inside just get blown up. Have you ever taken a small thought, like a small one, a very small thought, of, okay, that didn't go well. Perhaps you tried something new and it didn't go well. And it's just a small thought like, oh, it didn't go well. You know, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you've got, you've gone one of two ways? You know, the first is that you think, oh, it didn't go well. That's fine. Move on. Right. And then it never comes back. Doesn't eat you up. Doesn't weigh you down. Nothing. Doesn't come back. Right. But then the second is that you think, oh my God, it didn't go well. And it didn't go well. And it really didn't go well, did it? oh, I could have done this. It didn't. So you get into this like cycle of just overthinking the same thought over and over and over again. And actually what that does is it just blows it up like in your mind, like your brain just kind of makes it much bigger than it is. And that's when it starts to weigh you down because the more you think it in your head, the more you also think that other people are thinking it when in reality no one's thinking it, just you. You're you're the only person that's thinking it. Another example of how you might feel like an imposter is when you feel like you were just lucky. You know, like if you get a job interview or if you have a little bit of success in something, you just sort of think, oh, it was just luck. As opposed to acknowledging the fact that this was your own doing, you got it because you deserved it. But instead you're kind of like, nah, I just got lucky. Like, don't be silly. Don't be ridiculous. They would have given it somebody else. I was just lucky. You sort of think if my luck wasn't, you know, on that day, then maybe somebody else would have gotten it. Like you never really truly feel like you deserved that bit of success that you've gotten. And it's just, it's a shame because you do deserve it. You are meant to be there. You, it was your time for that to happen. It was your time to get that job. It was your time to, whatever it is that you were doing to meet that person or start that business or win that award, it was your time. Everything that happens, happens perfectly in, in exactly the way it should happen at the right time, 
luck, yes, but luck is, I almost feel like luck is kind of hard work meeting opportunity. So you never truly get lucky. If you really think about it, if you take a step back and really think about it, you never truly get lucky if you don't work hard to put yourself in that situation, right? You have taken a step towards being there. So for example, if you go to a job interview and you get the job, right? You've actually worked your way there. And for starters, you're qualified to be at that interview. Otherwise, you wouldn't even be being interviewed. As to the exact reason why you've been given the job, sometimes you never know. But if you've been to an interview, you've worked hard to get there. They've seen you. They've heard what you you have to say. They have made that decision as well to take you on board because you're good for the job, because you're the perfect match. So don't ever feel like you're just lucky. Okay, yes, you might be a little bit lucky, but you had to work to get there. If you sat in your house and you did absolutely nothing, you didn't put yourself out there, you didn't post that video, you didn't submit that CV, you didn't go for that job interview, then pure luck would be that somebody comes to find you and tell me when in your life has that ever happened? When? When, when, it's never happened to me. Everything I've gotten, I've had to put myself out there. Whether you put yourself out there a little or a lot, doesn't matter. You've had to make the effort in order to put yourself out there. So luck is kind of subjective, is what I'm trying to say. I don't really think about luck as as that because real luck never happens. Nobody comes to your house looking for you and going, we want you to have this job out of nowhere that's real luck. So you've really put yourself out there. And then the final one I want to talk about is just um, if you find yourself just being crippled by fear. Now, last episode obviously was about fear. And if you haven't watched or listened, I would encourage you to do that. But if you're someone whose internal dialogue is constantly, oh my God, I'm afraid to do this. Oh my God, I'm, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. They'll find out. Then you potentially you could be experiencing imposter syndrome. And finally, if you find yourself crippled by fear on the inside, if your internal dialogue is, we're going to fail, we're going to fail, we're going to fail, people are going to find out, more than likely you are experiencing imposter syndrome. So with these points, I'm guessing you're probably either thinking, right, imposter syndrome is an issue with me, as in you, Um, or you're thinking, ah, that's something I've experienced before, um, but right now it's not an issue. So either way, I'd like to just tell you how this matters in the bigger picture. If you're someone who's feeling like, oh my God, that is so me with all of those points, it's important for you to understand that fear is absolutely crippling. I also did a video on self-sabotaging, and it, it goes, hand in hand, fear, self-sabotaging, these things are really crippling. Because like I said, as soon as you've got this idea in your mind, it sips in and just completely takes over. But what it really does, the bigger issue here is that these thoughts stop you from achieving your goals. They literally stop you from taking the next step. I mean, that's, that's the entire purpose of imposter syndrome. The moment you've got this negative sort of nagging in your head of being a fraud, of not being good enough, it stops you taking the next step. And the problem with that is you don't get to live your full potential. The problem with that is you don't actually get to be the person that you were intended to be. And 
the bigger problem with that is the world needs you. Now, remember in that episode where I was, I said the stat wrong. I was like, you're one in a hundred trillion. Actually, you're one in 400 trillion. If you haven't heard that stat before, it's the probability that you were born on the day you were born to the right parents, to the parents that you were born to at the time that you were born. I actually really love this stat. It's a very positive statistic and I really love it. And I honestly, I hold on to it. I don't hold on to a lot of things, but I hold on to that. I'm like, the fact that I'm even here is a miracle. And the universe or God, if you're spiritual or religious, has intended for me to be here. There's a reason I'm here, right? Like the world needs me. If I stop myself from taking the next action, taking the next step, you know, the world is not going to be balanced. Like the world literally needs you. Like everything needs to be balanced. If you're not living up to your full potential, the world is not going to be a better place, you know, and that's the bigger picture, but also because it's a real downward spiral, you know, you start to lose trust in yourself and this is how your brain works. We talked about the brain last in last week's episode, your brain needs evidence that you are who you say you are. So the more you do things that you're afraid of, the more you take steps that you are, you know, doubtful about, um, the more you do things that scare you, the more your brain actually respects you, the more your brain builds confidence by saying, oh, we did that last time. All right, we can do this again. We can do something else again. So fear and self-sabotage is crippling. So this is really the bigger picture. It's not even just about you anymore. It's about, you know, the world and your gift to the world. If you don't make that video, if you don't give that speech, if you don't get that job, the influence that you could have on people and on the world as a whole, you're affecting it. So we need you. We need your joy. We need your presence. We need your energy. We need your purpose, your potential. We need all of those things. And don't doubt yourself. Don't stop yourself from being the best you can be just because your mind is telling you that you are an imposter. Now, let me take this opportunity to share a little bit about when I have felt like an imposter. So, you know, what's really interesting about this actually is it tends to be people who are actually good at what they do that feel like frauds. It's crazy how in, especially in my situation, I mean, I'm a physiotherapist, I'm a chartered physiotherapist and a life coach now, but I've been a physio for a lot longer and I've only really felt like an imposter with physiotherapy. I've been a physio for what, 15 years this year, I think. Is that right? <laughs> Something like that. 14 maybe. But every point in my career, I felt like an imposter. There was one time in particular when I first started the London Physio. I was in London and I just decided, you know what, where I am, I don't like it. I'm going to start my own business. I'm just going to go for it. And I don't think it truly occurred to me that this business could be some level of successful. I started it and I just went for it, right? And I remember this one time I was working in a co-working space. So I've never fully been a, in quotes, traditional physio. A lot of traditional physios have clinics, like one clinic that they go to every single day from nine till five. But I've always been that sort of physio that kind of runs my business based on convenience, right? So, so if you've never heard of a co-working space, it's basically, think about it like an office. But instead of having just one company with all the employees, you have 
um, small companies, small businesses, big businesses, all of that within this one space, right? And so I would go in and I'd set up a clinic um, for the day and I didn't really think anyone would come. I was just doing it because I was like, let's do this. It's, it looks like fun. And honestly, at some point, like loads of people started coming for physio, you know, lots of people complaining of back pain, neck pain, because a lot of them were actually growing their businesses. So they sat at their desks like for so long because they had to grow their businesses. They had to be there. Some of them had like one or two people in the company, a bit like my company, you know, and um, yeah, so they didn't have the time really to go out and go to a clinic, travel to a clinic and come back. It was perfect for me because I did the in-house physiotherapy there, but I also offered home visits to anywhere in London. Like London is a big place. Sometimes it takes like two hours to travel to people's homes, but I was like, nope, I'm going to do that. So I would offer, I do clinics in different parts of London. And so I had these four clinics going and I was doing these home visits all around London. And then I was doing virtual sessions as well. And I just didn't think that there would be any form of success necessarily. I was just in it for the ride, you know, I was just in it. And as soon as I started getting people book in, I was like, do they know that I'm actually not a physio? Like my brain convinced me that I was not a physio. I mean, this was 2018 to 2019. So I'm like, you've been a physio for how many years now? <laughs> like 10 years or something like that. And I was like, uh, you know, I had to literally talk myself into the fact that no, 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 this is what you are. Like you're an actual physio. Like you went to uni for three years to study this degree. And then after that, you've, you've spent like, you know, 10 years outside of that working as a physio. So you must be a physio. And then I'd think, but I'm not a physio in a traditional clinic though. Like, don't I need like, team members to like call myself a physio <laughs> and I would absolutely convince myself that I was not a physio my brain and I remember this one time in one of the co-working spaces I would just sit and cry like I'd actually go in imagine this I would go in and I would just sit and cry I would go in show up so people think yeah the physio is here but then I would just, I would be paralyzed. I'd just sit in my room, you know, and just hope that nobody comes, you know, because I was so afraid that if people came, they would find out that I wasn't a physio. And you know what? Like every single person I saw had an amazing experience with me. Every single person I saw got better. Every single person I saw was, but that didn't matter did not matter. Didn't matter that I was getting people better. And these people were literally telling their friends, their family members, tell they were the ones filling up my clinic because I refused to advertise. I literally refused to advertise. Why? Because I didn't even want anyone to come and see me because I was like, they're going to realize that I'm not a good physio. <laughs> I'm an amazing physio, if I might say so myself. But I, till this day, I still feel like an imposter, um, which is interesting because whilst I've been a physio, I've tried so many different things. I've actually done things that you may not realize, like I've been a TV presenter, I've been a radio presenter, I obviously make a lot of content now, but it's amazing because I've never really felt like an imposter doing the things that I had no experience for. But doing the one thing that is in my blood, <laughs> doing the one thing that I have a, a degree and a certificate and like now almost 15 years of experience, 
I still feel like an imposter. It's crazy. So it's really interesting how a lot of people who are actually good at what they do feel like an imposter. And I I really, I really want you to know that if you're feeling this way, you're not the only one. We've all felt it at some point in our lives, which brings me to the next thing, which is giving you all of these amazing practical tips for dealing with imposter syndrome. So number one, you are not alone. And I didn't want to just say that. I wanted to back it up a little bit because people always say you're not alone, right? And then, but your brain is telling you, well, show me that. Show me who else has imposter syndrome. So the next time your brain tells you who else has imposter syndrome, I want you to remember this. And I'm going to put this link in the show notes. Okay, so number one, you aren't alone. In 2019, there was a survey done by Hub Events. I'm going to put that link in the show notes. So they found that 85% of people live with imposter syndrome. 85, 85%. Isn't that crazy? Of people live with imposter syndrome. So they did a study of a thousand people, which is a decent amount of people, like a thousand people, right? And all of these people had at least three years of experience. The reason why they went for these people is because they wanted to know for sure that if they did have any signs of feeling like an imposter, that this wouldn't be due to lack of experience. Rather, they wanted Well, because of that, they actually wanted people who were experienced in their jobs. So they went for people who had three plus years of experience. And this is what they found, that 80% of men feel like an imposter, 90% of women feel like imposters. So more women than men, but 80%, that is a lot. That is a lot. Even more surprising is that only 25% of people were aware that they were feeling like an imposter. So imagine this self-doubt, this crippling fear, this thing that's just taking over your mind, right? But you don't even know. You don't even know. You think it's you. You're so consumed by it that you actually think it's you, that you're the problem. But in reality, it's just the feeling of being an imposter. And then they did like lots of different things. And like I said, I'm going to put the link so you could actually see the graphs that they did and stuff like that. It's a nice, easy read, actually. So at the end, they realized that 43% of people said that providing a coach and a mentor would help. I have to say, I completely agree with this one. Because for starters, I'm someone who's worked for the most part, worked alone. Even when I have worked in teams, I've always kind of been my own, you know, motivator, if you like. And yeah, like, I feel like I'm in my head a lot. I really feel like I'm, you know, I'm the one that tells myself, right, let's, uh, let's go for this. Let's go for this. Let's, let's try this new thing, right? Like I tried physiotherapy. (laughs) You see, talking about being an imposter, I tried physiotherapy. I am a physiotherapist. I tried photography at one point. I tried TV presenting at one point. I tried being a radio presenter. So I'm the one that tells myself, right, let's go for this. Let's go for this. But because you're in your head, the same voice that tells you, let's go for this, could also be the same voice that tells you, didn't work out last time, did it? (laughs) Well, you tried that last time, didn't work out, did it? (laughs) 
<laughs> so having a coach or someone that you can talk to, someone you can like just speak out loud to, that helped me massively, you know, like just having that person that I can be like, okay, this is how I'm feeling this week. I know that I can motivate myself, but this week is a little off or whatever the case might be. I just need you to tell me, I need you to look objectively at the situation because when it's you, it's a subjective thing, right? If it's someone else, it's like, they're not in your feelings with you. They're not experiencing what you're experiencing. They're able to look at the situation objectively and tell you as it really is. So having a coach or having a mentor um, has helped me in the past. And 43% of people that, you know, were in the survey actually said that that would help. That's almost half. So I would absolutely encourage you to have a coach, have a mentor. I'm a life coach. So if you want to talk to me, just drop me an email. It's joy at the London physio.co.uk, J-O-Y at T-H-E-L-O-N-D-O-N-P-H-Y-S-I-O.co.uk. Find a life coach elsewhere otherwise, or find someone you can talk to, find a mentor, find someone who can talk to you about your mindset, someone who can just snap you out of that situation, because it really helps to get out of your own head. It really helps to have someone else pretty much say, Nah, that's not really what it is. Remember the time when you did this and the time when you did that. And even the things that didn't work out, look what it's all led to now, you know? So it really, really helps. Um, so that's my number one tip is knowing that you're not alone. And off of the back of that, just finding someone to talk to, to help you get out of your own head. Number two, remember that perfection is overrated. <laughs> it really is. Now, remember what I said in the beginning about your ego wanting you to be perfect and like look perfect and is so sensitive to failure, but also so sensitive to criticism. You know, if you're not perfect, people might say this and then they'll find out that you're this and you're not good enough. But in reality, perfection is overrated. It really is. I mean, what is perfect? I've never been in quote perfect. Of all the things I've succeeded at, it's never really been that it's been perfect. You know, a lot of the time people don't see what you see anyway. So perfection is really, really overrated. For example, this is completely unrelated, but like if you were doing your makeup and trying to look, you know, your best, actually it could be related because if you're feeling like you're, you look like a fraud, you might be someone who wants to present yourself so perfectly. It's perfectly related. Um, you want to present yourself so perfectly outwardly that people don't see what's truly on the inside because it's a facade in, in your mind. You are not putting on a facade. You are actually it. Um, but the idea that, you know, you put on your perfect makeup and you contour and you do this and you put da 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 when people see you, they don't necessarily see those things. They just see you. They see all of your vibrance. They see your light. They feel your energy. They, they see you. So when, whilst you're thinking of being perfect, other people don't really care about those things. And actually they don't see those things. So don't worry too much about being perfect. And if at any point you feel very uncomfortable, just remember that growth is uncomfortable. The whole idea of feeling like, oh my God, am I fail? Am I fail? That's okay. Good. Fine. Let that drive you. Let that make you then go and find the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. If you're someone who thinks, oh, I'm not good enough. I need to read this, read that, take this course, take that, take it, take the damn course if that's what you want to do, you know, but let the course help you. Don't take the course because you're thinking, 
I need to be good. I need to be perfect. I need to do this. I need to know how to say this. No, just let the course allow you to grow, allow you to, because actually that's factual, you know, and that kills your ego because then you can say, well, I took that course, right? But don't go and take a hundred courses because you kind of get in the, what is it? Analysis paralysis or growth paralysis almost. No, it's not growth paralysis. I think it's called analysis paralysis, but this idea that you're just constantly analyzing where you are, constantly trying to be better, but actually you're not taking the steps. You know, you're reading, you're doing the theory, you're doing this, you're doing that, but you're not taking the steps. You're you're really not doing the deed. Um, so you need to just start doing. But if there is a bit of a gap between where you are and where you want to be, okay, do what you can to fill that gap. Okay. Number three, think objectively. Oh, I like this because, you know, the idea that you're the only person who knows that you are terrible at this job and you've been in this job for five years, or in my case, 10 years. Let me tell you this, that obviously that's subjective. That's your opinion of yourself. But thinking objectively, the idea of that is just reminding yourself that you're not the only person that knows that you're in that position, right? If you are in an employed job, somebody interviewed you and put you there. It wasn't just your decision to sneak in, right? Someone put you there, right? And then you have coworkers, you have a team around you, you have people who know you're there. If you're someone who works on your own, like I did a bit on my own initially when I first started my business, I had patients, patients who came to me and got better, patients who came to me with back pain and neck pain and whatever, shoulder pain, and I got them better. You're not the only person that's deciding to keep you there. Because remember, this whole thing happens when you're feeling like you have a bit of success and you don't deserve it. But in order for you to be successful, you're not the only person that literally just become successful. You're successful because people bought your products or you're successful because people bought into your service. You're successful because other people decided that you're also good enough to be there. So the idea of just thinking objectively for me is just a way to shut your brain down. You know, when your brain is going da 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 da, you're not good enough, blah, blah, blah. You're like, "Uh uh-uh, Tom thought I was good enough. Tom came to me with back pain and now his back is better, you know, or my product have sold a hundred thousand products or whatever. And yeah, these are a hundred thousand people who wanted my products. Like they also think I'm good enough. So don't let your brain convince you. Otherwise think objectively. You're not the only reason you are where you are. Okay. Number four, change your internal dialogue. You should definitely listen to last week's episode and the episode before on fear and self-sabotage. Change that internal dialogue. All of this is just internal dialogue. One of the things that I do actually to change my internal dialogue is I listen to things that just help me. If I've identified that I need to grow in a certain area, right now, a lot of my growth is very much mindset based. I've always been someone who's into the right mindset. And if I decide that I need to grow um, in whatever area, financially, mindset wise, like anything, what I do is I just only watch content about that exact thing, right? Your brain needs to hear it over and over and over and over again. So I listen to podcasts like this, like so many podcasts like this I actually listen to. And I'll tell you two of my favorite. Jen Gottlieb is one of my favorite podcasters. She's kind of like 
I would say young in the podcast world, but I love her content. I really do. I love how she delivers her content. I love listening to her. And then someone else I absolutely love is Eddie Pinero. I listen to his podcast all the time. So Jen's podcast is called I Dare You. Eddie Pinero's podcast is called your world within. And he's very much storytelling, but motivational. Like just, he just straight talks your mind out of like, whatever it is you think you're thinking, he just talks you out of it. He gives you facts. He's like, you're thinking this because of this, but guess what? You did this too. And you did that too, you know? And he just really convinces you that you're this amazing person. I'm like, yes, Eddie, I know I did that. I know I'm amazing. (laughs) It's hilarious. And even when I make my podcast, like I always envisage someone at the other end going, yes, Joy, I've, I've done this. I've achieved this. I'm not fearful. I'm good. You know? So I literally consume the things that I know need. And then I throw away everything else that I don't. If you're someone who's thinking, Ooh, you're terrible at being a personal trainer. You know, like I have a friend actually, who's a personal trainer, who is slightly overweight. And this friend of mine, you know, constantly doubts themselves because they think, wow, I'm meant to be a personal trainer, but I'm overweight. But in reality, this person has achieved so much in her past life, in quote. It's nice to only listen to the things that uplift you, the things that remind you how amazing you are, and pretty much just throw away even people that tell you that you're not good enough. Get rid of them. Don't watch their content. People that, you know, make you feel like you could be better. I mean, growth is fine, but people that make you look at yourself and think, oh, I'm terrible, or people that trigger you in any way, um, get out of those rooms, unfollow those people, really not worth it. You need to completely change your internal dialogue. Only feed yourself things that help you grow, things that make you feel positive about anything that you're trying to be good at. So number six, find your tribe. Now, this is all about finding like-minded people, people like you, Um, not necessarily people who suffer from imposter syndrome, but you could also find them because they're on Facebook. You can have Facebook groups, Discord groups, but people who are doing what you're doing. So people who are trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve. So for me, I follow a lot of podcasters, specifically podcasters who create content about mindset, who are life coaches. They do like self-help stuff. I follow their Instagram. I see what they post on Instagram. Um, Those things I allow to inspire me as well as a human being, because even as a content creator, I need to be inspired by other people as a human first, you know? So it's amazing when you sort of think about your tribe and you sort of think about your network, they're not necessarily people you have to know in real life. However, the people that you do have in real life have to be part of your tribe. They have to be singing the same, you know, hymn as you. They need to be thinking the same as you. Like some of my friends and I go to um, mindset events together. And even when you go to these sort of events where like you don't really know anyone, that's your tribe. That's where your tribe are. If you're thinking, oh my God, I don't know anyone around me that like loves what I love. Go to these events, wherever you go to these sort of events, that's where those people are. You can make friends from there and become part of their tribe. That's how it works. Through the power of the internet, you don't even have to have them living where you are. You can literally find your tribe anywhere online. My final point is to get a coach. I know we've sort of mentioned this already, but I feel like having a pocket cheerleader and this could mean anything for anyone. So for me, like if, if it is that you're struggling with, you know, putting your thoughts together, the idea of a coach is not necessarily to 
tell you what to think or to just click the fingers and everything disappears and now you feel like a new person. No, they actually allow you space to think objectively. You know, like I said before, they're not in your thoughts, they're not in your emotions, they're not in your mind, they're not in your head, but you have this person that creates a safe space which is very important, with no judgment, because you're sharing your vulnerable thoughts with them. So they create a safe space with no judgment and they give you permission to talk about it, to express it, and actually to think for yourself. They throw questions, you know, one at a time and go, oh, how did you feel about that? And how did that make you? And it really sheds, what I find important is it sheds light on the ego. The ego doesn't like light shed on them. The reason is because the ego actually doesn't deal in facts. The ego deals in, if I tell you you're a fraud long enough, you're going to believe it. So the moment I throw, as a coach, the moment I throw a question at you going, so how about that time that you succeeded in this? How about that time that this happened? And these are real hard facts that your ego cannot deny, you know? And so it really, it really helps having someone else throw a few things in there and actually getting you to reflect on it too, but without you feeling like you're being judged. I think that's the most important thing. So finding the right coach is so important because that relationship, that dynamic, that free flow of conversation, that no judgment zone has to be perfect in quote, because we don't need to be perfect. I really hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. If you're someone who's feeling like an imposter, I want you to, you know, take some notes, maybe listen to the episode again, and then just reflect, you know, write down in your journal or just reflect on your own situation on where this might be um, really affecting you. And maybe just write down a few things that you've actually done really well in the past, a few facts, you know, that would really help you remember when you start having these thoughts in your head, you're like, but no, I've done this. No, I'm qualified. You know, write it, put it on your wall or something, you know, make it obvious, make it undeniable, inarguable almost to yourself, right? I really hope it's helped. And um, I'm really excited to be back next week for the next episode. So until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a thumbs up on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, actually, um, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. I would absolutely love it. It's youtube.com forward slash joy a good day. If you're listening on any podcast platform, um, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, we're at Podbean, wherever you're you're listening, please follow, please share, please leave a review. It really helps. It really, 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 really does help me. And if you're looking for a coach, if you're looking for a life coach, um, almost like a friend, uh, a sister, if you like, someone who you can bounce your ideas off of and you want to come and be coached coached by me, you are very, very welcome to drop me an email. It's joy at thelondonphysio.co.uk. That's joy, J-O-Y at thelondonphysio, T-H-E-L-O-N-D-O-N-P-H-Y-S-I-O.co.uk. I will see you in the next episode. Bye guys.